What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is the Denver Sports Betting Show. The latest odds, reviews, and picks every weekday afternoon at 3. Here's Anila Pira. One in the Mile High City. Welcome on into a Friday installment of the Denver Sports Betting Show right here on Mile High Sports Radio, presented by our friends over at the Grand Z Casino. If you're looking for a place to rip the tables, bet the games in person, and rip a few slot machines, go ahead and uh, get on up to the Grand Z Casino. Welcome on in. I am your host, Anilo Piro, alongside uh, Ased Asan. What is up, guy? Why'd you say it like that this time? I don't know. How else, what, what am I supposed to say? Is that a son? Were you feeling bold? I was going to say bold. Bold. Are you feeling bold? All right. Well, uh, we're going to dive into this live right now. I'm getting the uh, finger point from Andrew behind the glass. Uh, the Colorado Rockies, a big fat goose egg when it comes to the trade deadline this afternoon. John Gray, Trevor Story remain interim general manager. Bill Schmidt about to get rocking and rolling for his press conference. Let's go ahead and dive into it live and see what the organization is thinking after the trade deadline. Still, I was on the phone with our scouts. Um having communication with the guys out in the field that were out seeing players. So, but kind of just worked out. This is Bill Schmidt talking? Denver. Gotcha. Um, and then specifically, like, the, I guess just today, what, how, how was it for you? How was the last hour before the deadline? Was it, was it frantic? Were you all over the phones? How, you know, what, what was going on? Um, probably really, no, it wasn't frantic by any means. We had, we had some conversations oh with gosh. a few clubs. And at the end of the day, nothing came to fruition. And, uh, you know, we made our deal with uh, Michael Givens uh, a couple days ago. And that was ended up being the only deal. It wasn't for lack of effort and, and talks with some clubs. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, for, for John Gray, uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I guess, with, with John Gray, um, was, it, was it an affirmative choice to not trade him? Um, or was it the market speaking to you that it wasn't a deal? That we, we, we internally made the decision to keep John. So that means and not, we uh, weren't trading John Gray. <laughs> That's uh, not what that means. Uh, trading him. Okay. We, we, uh, like about, about when? Uh, I would say it was a couple of days ago that we made that decision. And hopefully, you know, John was drafted and developed by us. Um, I think he's on record saying he'd like to be here and we'd like to have John. So we'll see what happens. To that's, what, our, that's our, our objective is, is to make John uh, a rock, continue having John as a rock, which we can live with. Cool. What, like uh, to what, 
to what degree have you talked to him and his people about that so far? We've had some we've had some discussions. We're not at the finish line yet. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and then I guess similar similar question for Trevor. Was it an affirmative choice then, or or again was it like the market speaking to you? Uh, we said, and I think it was known what we were looking for in terms of you know the value that we set on Trevor it is as far as getting the competitive balance pick. And at oh the end of the God. day, you know what we were offered. We thought the pick was probably going to be better suited for us and having Trevor part of our club for the next two months. Gotcha. And then do, finally, do, uh, almost finally, but, uh, and then same question for Daniel Bart. Was that ever on the, on the table for Daniel? Uh, we, we made the decision early that we wanted Daniel part of this going forward. We thought he was very helpful. So we never put Daniel entertained trading Daniel. Okay. Holy moly. Um, never and just finally for me, if you don't mind, um, he's your you closer know, you're on you're 20 games out of first Trevor, place. What are you doing? Uh, did you, do you, do you have some instruction? Never entertained Greg to, did you need to stay out of the National League West as far as finding? No, Trevor? no, not at all. Not at all. We listened to everybody. Okay. Greg, Greg and Dick were great. You know, Spoken like a true interim allowed general me manager. To handle it, and uh, as things came up, I brought it to their attention. We talked about it internally. We made decisions. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. Thomas Harding? Uh, yeah, Bill. Just um, first getting back to Trevor, um, did you feel that any of the deals, um, and, and obviously a lot of teams kind of came up today, especially the Rays, but did you feel like any deals were close on that? With, um, no, if, if they were close, we probably would have got to the Holy finish line, mo- and we never did. Not a single deal close. Okay, um, they didn't try. Yeah, they they, they, they didn't try. They, do they did not try. I find that insanely hard to believe. I know that you oh, know a boy. player goes through a lot of things. Um, they did not try at this time of year, and you know, what was the conversation like with him after you? It was there? very short. I just said, Trevor, you're still a Rocky. <laughs> Love you. Look forward to having you in the next two months, and, and we'll move forward. Sayonara. Hopefully, we're going to have them longer in two months. Uh, are you saying L-O-L-O. that you're going to attempt to sign? We'll, we'll see what the future brings. What the off season? What happens with the off season? We think a lot of Trevor. We like that. Yo, this franchise is inept. Ultimate decisions will be made, but we we love Trevor's story. If you can kind of discuss for people back. that are not that initiated, just the value. That you that that you and the Rockies place on picks, you know, even after the regular first round, what 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 it's done for you in the past, the things that you feel that you know that pick can bring you. Well, the pick brings is all with the way the system's set up. There's a financial component to it, so uh, you know, depending on where the pick is, it's a, probably a couple million dollars added to your pool money that you're able to use throughout the draft. So it's just not that player might give you a couple other players. But with that pick, you know, that's in the general area. That's really kind of where Trevor was drafted. Nolan was in the vicinity. Brian McMahon. Oh. You know, we've had we've had we've had some success here. We've had some misses, but we've had some a lot of success in those areas. But you can't afford to have and a miss. The same point, you know, you can't you afford to, to you really miss. know those guys um, that you're selecting. And, you know, we'll make decisions. So, oh, boy, you know, they are so value. far gone. Uh, I'm not saying that nothing was out there. That the worst-case scenario for us, we were going to get a competitive balance pick. So I felt like 
the talent that we were going to have to accept for Trevor had to be equal to that. Um, with John Gray, I understand, as, as you said to Nick, that you made the decision a couple of days ago to pursue a contract with him. Even at the 11th hour, did other teams call and try to sway you in another direction? Yeah, there's been, John had a lot of interest out there within the industry. John had interest. There's clubs, and as you can see today, there was a lot of pitchers moved. Yes, there were. Um, there was people for some nice pieces. John, but you know, we're hopeful that John would like to stay here, which we believe he does, and that we're going to be able to find a common ground to make him a Rocky going forward. I'm looking ahead to the future. I know a lot has to happen, but do you feel like this team? is going to make, um, I guess, what we would call a splash in free agency. When I look at your lineup, the offensive group there, do you feel like you guys are in position with what you have now, the complimentary players, to go out and get impact bats to go with the pitching? That this this answer is going to be revealing. We realize, our first and foremost, we are always going to be a scout and development organization. Uh, along the way, though, you, sometimes you do need to fill spots where you, you don't have that player available to help your club out. And we'll, we'll look at the free agent market. We know we need to get better as a club, and and we'll take those steps in the offseason. Two days spinning in circles. You're welcome, Thomas. Patrick Saunders? <laughs> They're spinning hey, in Bill, circles. Um, I want to run uh, a quote that I got from Trevor today after the deadline, and I only think it's fair that I run it by you to get your reaction. Ooh, this will be this good. is what he told me. Uh, he said, I'm confused, and I don't have really anything good to say about the situation and how it unfolded and talking to Trevor and other folks, it's clear that Saunders of the top row eager to maybe move on to a com, com, uh, competing team. So uh, what is your reaction to Trevor's response? Um, I think it's natural. You know, he probably had built up as his trade deadline and what was being portrayed in the media, but I'd like to think I've kept Trevor abreast of what was going on, what potentially could happen. You know, I told Trevor, you know, in the past, hey, there's a chance you, you still might be here. So he knew. I, and I think the disappointment, I understand that. But I think Trevor's a very – one is a very good professional. He's, oh he'll move on. Gosh. And he'll play through it, and, and we'll, we'll go on and we'll address it in the offseason. Address it by letting him okay. walk away. Yep. If I were to say, Billy, that uh, – the chances are very, very slim that Trevor is going to even engage in negotiations to stay in Colorado. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's hard for me to say what him and his representation is going to do. We will try. We'd like to have Trevor be with us long term. That might not be possible, but we'll, we'll take it. You know what the offseason brings. Okay, that's executive. And speak. regarding John Gray, um, this is my opinion, and I'd like to get your take on this. Uh, given John's uh, how he's been able to succeed at Coors Field, and given his desire, public desire to stay here, do you think it's fair to say that John Gray, in some ways, may be more valuable as a Rocky than he would be as a pitcher somewhere else? Um, that's hard for me to say. I think John Gray's developing. We have learned nothing. Develop, and we've seen growth here. And I love press conferences. You know, we have learned absolutely a, nothing. Whole group, you know, some of this pitching, and I've said it. Hey, Jeff. Bradish did a good job putting together the starting rotation, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. But as a group, this is this is good, and you know we got to get better as a team. But right now, we we do have a good pitching, in my opinion, pretty good 
you know, staff to build on and, and try to add to the club to make it better and take advantage of it. And one more for me, um, just judging by the response I get from fans. And it was a very exciting day around baseball. A lot of, lot of big moves. I mean, huge moves. Uh, and yet you guys, you know, you really didn't outside of Givens make any moves. The fans, a lot of them are very disappointed. What would be your message to the fans? We're trying to do what we believe is in the best interest of the Colorado Rockies and trying to build a winning club for them. Okay, thank you, That's Billy. it? That's <laughs> it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good answer, man. Hi, Bill. Just to make sure. Oh, my um, gosh. Haven't had any talks for Trevor Story about his future beyond this season yet. Dude, they don't no. care. I think there might have been Danielle before they I got here. They don't care, said. Uh, but I wasn't aware. I wasn't involved oh. in them. Give your but local Rockies fan a uh, hug. Sat down with Trevor and talked about that. Oh my um, and god! And what's kind of the the core group you've been working with uh, during this trade deadline? In terms of front office staff. Yeah, yeah. There's people here still. Zach Rosenthal, the assistant GM. Uh, other people here are scouts in the field. You know, there's a group. Oh we haven't. We've had. We're not shorthanded. Yeah, you're not short-handed. You. You're welcome. <laughs> this guy's oh, not God. Ready. This guy is not ready for this press conference. At all. Hey, Bill, uh, you mentioned about, you know, Gray and Bard kind of being taken off the trade market for the most part. Um, what were the conversations like with some other players that were on expiring contracts like Jasim, Crone, uh, and even like a guy like Estevez who's a free agent after the 2022 season? Um. There was a lot of interest at times with, or at least people expressed some interest um, with a lot of players on our roster. Um, you know, we evaluated all the things um, that was brought to us, and then ultimately we made decisions we made. Oh boy, let's um, let's go ahead and get Any to a teams break interested here. Interested in maybe a larger package, and then uh, when see, we come back, you know, we'll continue along with the press conference. Uh, let's get a quick reaction here, the little little live listen into. Bill Schmidt, the Colorado Rockies general manager or interim general manager following the uh, trade deadline this afternoon. And a said, this has been a doozy of a press conference. It just sounds like there's a, a lack of preparation. It, it just sounds like a team that's, you know, living in a, living in, in a state of delusion. All right, yeah, I guess we'll stick around for another couple minutes. We'll see if we can get through the end of this. I guess, yeah, we're coming up on 15 minutes of press conference. So. This is too good. Yeah, it is <laughs> too good. All right, let's crank so it back fun. up. Let's crank it back up then. Not, were you not able to make moves you wanted to? Did you get accomplished what you wanted to? How did you feel overall on how, how, how you guys came out? Oh, I, I felt good about our process and what, how we handled things. Um, you know, it, it's a snapshot in time right now. We're going, going to the offseason and trying to improve the club. But I thought our process was solid. Um, and were were you looking for any pieces, or were you mainly just entertaining offers? Um, well, you, you talk to different clubs, and you're looking to add talent to the organization, and that was our focus. Okay. And when you what are these five-word the answers? Keeping, well, you talked about keeping Bard and Gray, taking them off the table. Is that an indication that you feel like? you can compete with, with a lot of these core players and be closer to success by keeping them than by ulterior moves? Well, I think that everyone has a special role on the club in different ways, and, and we feel like 
those two guys, um, you know, fill a role, a special role for the club. And and then, and I've said it, we, we, we've got to get better. There's no doubt. And we'll and we look for ways to add talent. Oh, my gosh. And lastly, with looking ahead for Trevor, um, you know, in terms of you're, you've said you hope he can stay a Rocky. Do you have a sense of what it's going to take to keep him there? I'm assuming it's going to, it's more than money. Is there, you have a sense of what, what he needs to, to um, make that turn? Not necessarily. I know Trevor wants to play in a winning club and in, in, in a club that's competing for a championship, as a lot of players do. And, um, you know, and that's our goal. And I think, um, you know, I've tried to, I've painted to Trevor what I think our vision is here going forward. And, all right, thank you. I will go to Nick Groke and then finish up with Thomas. Nick, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, just to follow up on a couple of things that um, that you you sort of hinted at and, and what Daniel asked, um, there were there were teams in similar situations to yours who made trades for comparable players, um, you know, Javi Baez and and um, and Chris Bryant types, um, uh, even some pitchers that were kind of comparable to John Gray, was it, did it feel like a, like a flooded market? Um, was, was there something that was different about those teams ending up making trades that were, that, that you weren't able to? You know, I, I have just, I can't speak for what other clubs decisions on what they did and ultimately you're going to go on what you're being offered and, uh, to make decisions. So, um, you know, every situation is different. Um, and I know I know that you you said you felt good sort of about the process, but you are down a few gen- uh, assistant general managers. I mean, do, would you have been helped with 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 more people sort of in a regular type situation? No, we were we, our process was real solid, and I had good people around me that I trust. Okay, um, and then finally, you you mentioned a couple of times, um, you know, like uh, you know, sort of looking forward to doing some things this winter. Um, presumably, that means free agency, but. Um, are you proceeding along as uh, the, that you that you are the <laughs> that you are the general manager? Um, the interim is still on your. Oh, here your we title. go. This is a good uh, question. I'll take it day by day, and I got to do what's best for the organization every day that I'm in this role. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. ultimately, uh, if decisions are made are different than they are, but I have to do every day what's best for the organization. That's how I've approached it. I understand. Awesome. Thank you. All right, we'll finish up with Thomas Harding. Thomas, go ahead. Yes, I just wanted to ask, uh, to kind of follow up on what, what Nick just asked you about. Um, given some of some of the people that have left the organization, was the process more get through the draft, then get to um, th- then get to the trade deadline? That way, the people you were comfortable with, you had kind of time to really go through things. Was that more the process this time? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of good people, Thomas, as you know, in here. I mean, I was on the phone with Danny Montgomery every single day. Uh, then again, I, I'm the saying, the as you him. know, and that answer I'm is so telling. Him, because uh, if you Jack know who... Gillis, uh, yeah, yeah. Will George, a lot of our pro scouts, talking to them. And then we have people internally that I was talking to. So it wasn't from by any means that we didn't have people to deal with there. Um, there's a lot of people I trust have been in this organization a long time in the scouting department and in, in the front office that were helping make decisions. All right. Thank you, Billy. You're welcome. All right, Bill. Thank you for the time. All right. That is uh, going to put a bow on the roughly 20-minute press conference. 
let's go ahead and uh, get ready to hit a break. When we come back, I want to kind of just collect myself a little bit so we can, uh, you know, rebuttal and, and figure out what the hell we just learned, if anything, from uh, Bill Schmidt, the interim general manager of the Colorado Rockies. But uh, the trade deadline, it has come and gone. Trevor Story, John Gray, both still members of the Rockies. John Gray's going to pitch tonight. And Trevor Story wow. might be behind him at shortstop. Look at that. I have questions. So, I have questions uh, for you. On a, on a deadline, de the most exciting, action-packed MLB trade deadline that I think I've seen in my life, and the Rockies, who anyone, everyone and their mothers thought they'd at least move one of the two, decided to sit pat at the trade deadline. What a time to be a Rockies fan, if that is what you consider yourself. I don't know how many fans are going to have left. This is crazy. This is crazy. Give your local Rockies fan a hug. All right, 320 in the My Life City. We'll hit a break. When we come back, we will... Uh, Start figuring this out. Oh, 303-831-1340. You guys want to get involved with the show? Give us a call. Give us a text. Let us know. How are you feeling about the state of the Rockies? 303-831-1340. We'll talk about that next right here on the Denver Sports Betting Show presented by the Grand Z Casino. The Denver Sports Betting Show with Anil Pira, exclusively on Mile High Sports. 323 Mile High City, welcome on back Denver Sports Betting Show presented by our friends over at the Grand Z Casino. Our favorite casino in Colorado. If you're looking for a place to rip the tables, bet the games, and hit a couple slot machines along the way, get on up to the Grand Z Casino. I think what we were reading is right, man. These Red Bulls really get you locked in. I'm feeling, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the straight and narrow. Yeah. I'm on the straight and narrow. Yes. I'm ready for this rant. All right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 303-831-1340. The Go Fast Energy Drink Hotline and Text Line if you guys want to get involved with the television slash radio program. All right, where do we start? That was one of the most atrocious press conferences I've ever heard in my life. It, it, it just confirms the state of delusion in which this organization is operating within. Uh, this is a Rockies organization that is clear as day, has absolutely, positively, zero cumulative idea of how to turn this team from a team that in their mind is on the cusp into one that can be in the postseason. There is no sense of building this team into a consistent... Like, they, they're just tone deaf. Like, they're just delusional. Like, it's just... Like, it's like it's talking to, like, a brick wall when you listen to this stuff with the Rockies. Like, you put out the tweets, you write the stories. It's just the way that this team operates is unlike any other team in Major League Baseball. Everybody and their mothers thought the Rockies were going to go out and sell at least one of John Gray or Trevor Story. Just one of the two. What is the point? You're 20 and a half games out of first place, I said. What is the point of hanging on to both of them? When Tr John Gray, the, 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 the premium for starting pitching is never going away. You can fetch a fair price for him. We saw a zillion trades going down today. How can you, how can you sit here and, and, and fall back on John Gray? And then Trevor Story, a bona fide all-star, someone who is a premium player in this league. Why is Javier Baez and Chris Bryant, why are all these players getting moved before Trevor Story? Would you rather have Chris Bryant or Trevor Story? You tell me. Trevor Story, 10 times out of 10, is not even close. So for the Rockies to just sit here and, and sit on their hands and, and just drive this fan base insane... I don't know what else there is to do. And they got offers, correct? I yes, mean, oh, they, 100%. They it sounded, he made it sound but like that's the, the thing. offers were there. The, the nonchalant character 
and his voice is what's most infuriating because it doesn't sound like someone it doesn't it sounds like an organization that is just on island time it sounds like an organization that had their feet kicked up with a Mai Tai and their little, uh, you know, Hawaiian hat and they got the luau going and they're, they're on island time. I mean, this is an organization with no sense of urgency about trying to get this team back to the postseason, about trying to make this team a consistent winner. And then we get the quote from Patrick Saunders about Trevor Story being unhappy. I, I mean, this is nuclear how bad this organization is being run. I, I don't think that you can run an organization worse than the Rockies right now. So the question was Patrick Saunders, right? Patrick Saunders. At least that's the that's the voice I recognize. Wasn't he the one that broke that Nolan quote right after? Like, I believe in so. In 2020, in February 2020, after everybody was talking about uh, Trevor, and then Breidich came out and said, "Oh no, we're not going to trade." I believe you. so. No, 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 no. And then Patrick was the one that broke Nolan's quote too. Yeah, it is. Uh, Patrick is wow. tapped in. Harding's tapped in. You know, the two head honchos for reporting here, and uh, I think I'm curious to see what direction you know the media is going to go with this because this is a team that just has no future. Just just nothing. I, I mean, they have some... Se- Here's the, I'm not trying to say they have no future, okay? Because they have, a, they have a nice rotation right now, okay? Like, maybe they resign great. Maybe they get something going. But at the end of the day, you don't want to just be good. You want to try to be great. And you, I don't think that you can legitimately sit here and say that there's been any opportunity... Eh, I mean, 2017, 2018, those off seasons, they did try to, you know, really push their chips all in for the most part. But I just, I don't, it's just an organization that's spinning in circles. So what's the next step for the Rockies? Is there a next step? Well, the, no, no, the, the logical. So what happened was they fired Jeff Breidich at the middle of the season, who's their general manager, right. and they just promote from within. The Rockies have never hired a general manager from outside of the organization. And that's a problem. A massive, because it's a state of delusion that you continue feeding into. What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Bill Schmidt and Greg Fiesel, the two guys who are tasked with running the front office right now, are both veterans of 20 plus years of the organization. They are puppets. They, they are Dick Montfort yes-men. You need someone, if you want to fix the Colorado Rockies, you got to get someone, a bona fide baseball mind, that is willing to grab the bulls by the horns and, and try to attack playing at altitude, playing at Coors Field, and, and recognizing that this is not a one-size-fit-all job for the Rockies. It, but that's the thing. Is I just don't think the Rockies are committed to winning. I don't, like, in, in, if Dick Montfort has a whiteboard in his office of the top three most important things for the Colorado Rockies, I think winning is number three. So does this start up top for the Rockies? This oh, is not the players? No, no. Should, I mean, no, it this is, is a little I mean, bit, but. It's, sometimes it's the players, but it's also because they don't draft the right type of players. They don't make the types of trades that they need to. They don't sign free agents at the rate in which they should. It's an organ. It, it, it is not like they are spending money and then just not getting the results from the players. I mean, they just they have the smallest analytics department in Major League Baseball. They really? just don't know what they're doing, is said. And then the free so I heard him mention free agents aren't a big deal for them. No. That, uh, and that's the thing, is because they pride themselves as a drafts and develop organization, right. but they have one of the worst farm systems in all of baseball. They have no top prize prospects that are coming up. I know Zach Veen is going to be, you know, pretty highly regarded. But again, what good is another Zach Veen as what good is having Trevor Story? What good is having Nolan Arenado? What good is having uh, Todd Helton? What good is having Matt Holliday? When all these guys hit a zillion home runs, they're going to hit 285, but you can't pitch. Let me bring this in. Riley Pint. First round pick, 2016 pick number four. Retired three months ago. Retired. What? He was picked with the fourth overall pick. He retired. Why? What's the reason for retirement? He just can't pitch. Just like literally they drafted this kid fourth overall. Can't stop walking kids. Six scouting, huh? It, it That's is. one thing. If it's a low-end first-round pick. 
Right. When you're dr- not even top to top five, top four draft picks, and that's is the guy you picked to the point where he's he's so he's not major league ready to the point where he retires from major league baseball. That's that that's a Bill Schmidt pick. Okay. Yeah. This is the guy who prides himself on drafting. Who dra- who's like, oh, well, I'm gonna, I'm instead of trading Travis Story, I'm gonna gra- grab that compensatory pick. When you can't, he's a, that's a second round pick. Your first round picks are retiring. It's ridiculous. How does that make any sense whatsoever? It, it doesn't make any sense, and that's the thing is the Rockies are an organization that it is planet delusional. It it is a state of delusion. Like like, here's the thing, and like I said, they don't care about winning because at the end of the day, it said they're a regional baseball team. They've got mm-hmm. fans from Utah. They've got fans from Wyoming. They've got fans from Montana. They've got friends, fans from Nebraska. And they get these big old little families that do their once or twice a summer caravan to come see a game at Coors Field. And, and Coors Field is the best bar in Denver as is, so they're always going to have... It's a hospitality thing. The Rockies... I, I've said this at nauseum. Everything about the Rockies is great except the actual team. So it's not even about baseball anymore. It's, it, it, it is. And the thing that's frustrating about Dick Monfort as the owner is when they were making the playoffs in 2017, 2018, they were spending money. But they didn't spend it in the right way. They So they, they went out and, and signed about six or seven free agents, six of them which ended up being busts. And it was the mentality of, okay, we tried once, it failed, we're not going to try again. It's it, it's a minimalized way of thinking because they're going to have the ballpark filled up. They're going to get fans in the stands. They're too popular of a team to what they bring to the city to you know, kick them off the face of the earth. It's just, I don't know. I don't know where you go from here if you're the Rocky fan. There's nothing to do because the the, 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 the organization isn't going to change their tune. This is, they keep making money hand over fist. Hand, I mean, it's a $2 billion. They get rewarded with the All-Star game. Ooh. This is, this is heavy, man. I'm... I'm kind of glad I'm not a well. I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I'm glad I'm not a Rockies fan. Like you guys oh, must be hurting, right? It's bad. This must be painful listening. Hey to man, that. I, I'm a bo- I feel the pain. I'm born and raised New York Met fan. I mean, I, I had to deal with the Wilpon ownership for my entire life up until this year when Uncle Steve bought the team. All I'm saying is the Met fans stop showing up. The wow. Met the Met fans stop showing up, and the Met fans stop spending money on the team. Look what I, happened. I think I like baseball a little more today now. I like the drama, man. Man, there's that's a lot of drama. And that's the thing. There's a lot of drama across the league. The trades that went down today and yesterday are insane. Yep. And the Rockies. Nothing. Of every player that just got traded, John Gray and Trevor Story, had they been traded, would have been considered crown jewels of the trade of the, of the trade class. Top five. Top five Top players. Top ten, both of them. And Trevor Story's Tra- going to be. If Trevor Story bad. was traded, he would have been the best player traded. And he's probably feeling even worse because he's seeing all these other guys top being three, not around, top, right? It's ridiculous. What a team! It's ridiculous. All right, when we come back, let's uh, let's talk about that Trevor Story guy. He had an interesting quote that he gave to Patrick Saunders at the Denver Post. It is telling because when the quiet guys open their mouths, you know they're serious. We'll talk about that next, right here on the Denver Sports Betting Show, presented by the Grand Z Casino. Friday. This song goes out to Trevor's story. This is how he probably like feels about the Rockies. He wants to leave before he loved me. Now, more of the Denver Sports Betting Show. Here's All right, welcome on back, Denver Sports Betting Show 337. The Grand Z Casino, the presenting sponsor of the Denver Sports Betting Show. We got this fancy schmancy little graphic I put together, so you're going to see my face, and then right below me, you'll see a Grand Z Casino graphic. 
That is the graphic you want to look for because when you go up there, there's a few casinos up there in Central City, but you want the one that says the Grand Z. The big gold lettering, the cursive script, the hotel, the casino, the whole nine. We love the Grand Z Casino, the official betting partner of the Denver Sports Betting Show. All right. Let's uh, circle on back to Trevor's story, shall we? Yes. All right. I want to dive into these comments. I know we've had some commentary off air, but uh, it just came down. Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post reporting, and I quote from Trevor's story, I'm confused and I don't really have anything good to say about the situation and how it unfolded. He kind of, Saunders did caught Bill Schmidt off guard by kind of rehashing that quote to him, you know, in real time on the press conference. And uh, Bill Schmidt came back with some words of his own. And uh, he says it's natural. He probably built it up. He uh, He's probably built it up at the deadline and what was being portrayed in the media. I kept him abreast of things. The disappointment, I understand. Trevor is a pro. He'll move on. He'll play through it. We'll address it in the off season. So Trevor's story uh, in the prime of his career uh, surely was one of the top five talent, most talented players available on the trade market this go-around. Uh, he will stay with the measly Colorado Rockies. John Gray remains with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I've been in and around. The, I've covered the Rockies for, what is it, five, six years now with a credential. So I've been in and around the clubhouse. And Trevor's story is actually one of the players that I've talked to more often than not. Cowboys fan, that's why. Uh, oh. But I can confirm that Trevor Story, very, very soft-spoken. You know, he he's not a, you know, Nolan was reserved in regards to how he would talk about the organization and whatnot, but he, there was a little bit of animation with Nolan. You know, he was a very uh, positive, uplifting, there was, a, there was an energy, a presence to Nolan, whereas Trevor is much more of a reserved character. Trevor's story is one of those guys who doesn't speak often, but when he does, you listen. And, you know, he's been the bona fide leader of this Rockies clubhouse this year. And for Trevor's story to come out right after the deadline and say, I'm confused and I don't really have anything good to say about the situation and how it unfolded, that tells you everything you need to know about how Trevor's story is feeling. The interpreting here, this is Trevor's story basically saying, bleep the Rockies, what the heck is going on? I'm a good player who can go play on a contending team. Why are you not trading me? We're 20 games out of first place. The playoffs aren't even in our thought process. Why am I still here? That's what Trevor Story basically said in this quote. And he did not want it addressed in the offseason. Off season. He wanted it addressed now. right now. He wanted to be traded, right? That, that's he that's said, what it seems. It'll be addressed in the offseason. That's not what he wanted, though. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is the overarching theme from this press conference with Bill Schmidt is, like I said, they're operating on island time. It just seems like they're, ooh, aloha, you know, like, hello. Like, it's just kind of come, comes and goes. You know, you take it as it comes. There's no sense of urgency within the Rockies organization right now. I mean, it, it sucks if you're Trevor Story. It's not like Trevor Story is John Gray who wants to stay here. Trevor Story wants to go play for a contender. Trevor Story wants to go win baseball games. I feel bad for him. How could I you not? Especially because he said, you know, he, he doesn't say much, right? He's a quiet guy. So when a quiet guy does say something, it's coming from the heart, man. They mean it. Yeah, it's it's a perplexing situation. And, and exactly that, you know, someone who doesn't speak up often. And I don't think I've ever heard Trevor Story say one negative thing about the organization until today. I mean, it, wow. it, it, it is rare. Like, he is not outspoken like that. Maybe he's shared this stuff in private. You know, before with the organization, the coaches, the, the 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 front office, but for him to come out publicly, I'm confused and I don't really have anything good to say about the situation and how it unfolded. Read between the lines. This is a guy who does not speak up much. He is beyond frustrated 
still being with the Colorado Rockies, and he'll be uh, on the field tonight for the Rocks. Wow. You should be. Ima- Ima- yeah, imagine that. You got you to gotta go play a game tonight. And you said John Gray's pitching? Correct? John Gray is scheduled yeah. to pitch, yeah. What, what a time to be alive. After the craziest trade deadline that we've seen in a long, long time, the Rockies trade neither of their top two trade chips. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Wow. How do you even go out there and play uh, I, if you're Trevor Story? I, I don't know. Love I don't know. the game? So, yeah, it's interesting. We'll have to see how it all kind of shakes out. But uh, frustrating stuff as the Colorado Rockies opt to hang on to Trevor Story uh, through the trade deadline. John Gray, not as surprising. I actually can understand that move a little bit more. That, that That's a move that actually makes a degree of sense. But the reasoning for the Rockies not moving on from Trevor Story is they feel like they can get a better player with that consempatory pick that they'll get when he walks as a free agent than they could have gotten a trade for him. That is insane. And yes, I know that Bill Schmidt has had a, you know, a decent track record at drafting some of these guys, but as Andrew brought up, Riley Pint is the most recent example of one of these guys that has flamed out. The number four overall draft selection is no longer playing baseball. He's on the golf course. That was crazy when he mentioned that. It is, it, and I did he, not know and that. he's not the that only is one. Insane. And he's not the only one. So I don't know. It's interesting. Let's go ahead and uh, hit a break. When we come back, we'll put a bow on things. The Rockies play tonight. So uh, we'll have to take a look at the betting odds for that one. We'll do opening lines in the closing segment. So interesting time to be a Denver sports fan. Interesting time to be a Colorado Rockies fan. When we come back, we'll put a bow on the show, put a bow on the week, and uh, talk some sports, make some bets, and all that good stuff. This is the Denver Sports Betting Show presented by the Grand Z Casino. You don't know the hound. You know I can't say no. Every time the sun goes down, I let you take Mile High Sports presents the Denver Sports Betting Show with Anilo Kira. 3.47 Mile High City. This is the Denver Sports Betting Show right here on Mile High Sports Radio presented by our friends over at the Grand Z Casino and Hotel up there in Central City. All right, let's go ahead and uh, put a bow on the show. Any uh, final thoughts about the Rockies, I said? No thoughts. I think I got it all out. That was a lot of baseball talk for me personally, honestly. Well, we kind of, you know, conference starts right as the show starts. Kind of throws a wrench in plans, but away we go. Uh, I do have some closing thoughts about the Rockies before we move on and just put a bow on the show and put a bow on the week. I don't know what this fan base can do. And that's the sad part is I'm a man of the people. You know, I want to see our city, our communities. I want to see us rally around a common theme of successful sports teams. Like to me, that's what sports are all about is you got your friends. You all root for the same team. You develop an an energy, a chemistry. Like there's something great about sports when it's at its peak or when you're trending in the right direction. And it's just so frustrating if you're a fan of the Rockies right now, because what do you do? I mean, you you can, you can scream and moan and tweet and email Dick Monfort all you want, but clearly nothing's going to change. So what is going to happen to the Colorado Rockies, what are their fans going to do? What should they do? And that's the thing is, I, I don't think that there's going to be meaningful change within this organization until the bottom line is affected. And I'm not trying to advocate for anything one way or the other, but I'm just saying if Rockies fans want change, no change will happen until Dick Monfort's pocketbook starts hurting. And I mean, we, I, I had the front row seat with this for the Mets in the Wilpon ownership regime. You know, they, for years, just run into the ground by the fan base and to the point that Steve Cohen came along, bought the team in a way we go. Now the Mets are thought of as this absolute 
ascending franchise. So it's just frustrating because, like I said, the Rockies are a regional team. They get butts in the seats because they have the fans in Wyoming and Montana and Nebraska and Utah and blah, blah, blah. It's a family-friendly environment. It's a good time to go watch a Rockies game. But at the end of the day, this is not a franchise that prioritizes winning. So I don't know what the Rockies fan can do, but it's clear that nothing will change from the ownership's perspective in regards to how they're going to go about handling their business and trying to make this team competitive on a year-in, year-out basis. Harsh reality of the situation. So... All right, that's enough Rockies for the day. Uh, that was very depressing, man. Move on to some it is. Uh, happy news. You know, it's almost like we had Doug. It's like on? we had Doug on the draft show yesterday, and he started talking about Kronky yeah. not wanting to go into the luxury tax. <laughs> We're like, oh, this is kind of sad now. But it's reality. It's the hard. And I guess the thing is, like, look at the Dodgers, man. Like, I'm in a group chat with my fantasy, uh, my fantasy baseball friends. A lot of them are from California, where I grew up. And you know, like, as frustrating as the Dodgers are, like, you have to respect an organization's commitment to winning every single year. Regardless of the cost, regardless of the drafting and developing, the Dodgers will do everything and anything to win. And there is something admirable about that. As much as it pains me to say that because I hate the Dodgers, they go all out in winning. Why do you hate them? Because they win? Not because they win, because it, it's like bully ball. And Eric or Andrew Mason, who will be doing the show after us here, brought up a great point of it's almost like the English Premier League. You know, where it's like you've got this Manchester United type or this Man City type in the Dodgers. They just go out and make all the big trades. They sign the biggest free agents, you know, they, and it's just they keep it just keeps on churning. They just make things look easy, whereas, you know, they make things look easy that aren't as difficult, you know, or they should be more difficult than it actually is. So that's kind of my thoughts on the Dodgers. But uh, where do you want to go here? What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Bones Highland? Well, it was the draft the, last night. The this man is himself? good news for the Nuggets. It is good news. Is it? It is. I think, uh, you know, Michael Malone was not happy, though. There's, like, a video of, like, really? Denver's, like, war room. It's I'm just, I'm speculating here. But, like, they make the pick, and, like, everybody's clapping. And, like, Malone's clapping, but it's, like, a... You know what like he's thinking, right? He's like, oh, I'm not going to play yeah, this he's guy. Like, he's, like, I, he's like, I'm not going to play this guy. We needed a defensive <laughs> player. What This guy can pull up from three. That's great. But if we, we can score 140 points, but it doesn't matter if we're giving up 150. You know, so, but I think Bones Highland is going to be an excellent player for the Denver Nuggets, a role player at first. Uh, I love the mentality on this kid. He comes in with a big chip on his shoulder. You know, he comes in saying yesterday in his press conference that he's going to make every single team that pass up on him, you know, kind of regret that. You're getting a high character. Oh. No, but you're getting a high character guy. He seems like the truth. He sounds like a keep to lead. Yeah, he does. Talk? Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the high pitch voice. Funny. I don't know. I mean, I don't know much about him. I know Chase called it out last night, which is very he cool. Did? But I don't know. I just. It was too much for me to pass up on Deuce McBride or uh, Jared Butler because well, you said he wanted defense, right? I. But that's the thing is, yes, I think everybody thought that they wanted defense, but clearly they think they're fine defensively. Because that's the thing is, like, if you think that you have a clear cut need of defense, you don't make that pick, regardless of the upside associated with him. But the funny thing was too, you know, in in this post game press conference, like Bones came out and said, you know, from the moment I met with Denver, I knew they were taking me. Like maybe they didn't tell him that, but like the energy was there. You know, like he, he was saying, like, they were the one team that I met with. Like, they were all about me. You know, they were asking me all these different questions. Like, they, it seemed like there was a definitive mm. plan with this kid. A little bit of a smokescreen. So, is that what happened with the Nuggets, though? They had him in mind. They're like, if he is there, when we pick, we are picking him. That's what no it seems. No matter who's on the board. That's what it right? seems. Because there's no, no way anyone could have predicted some of the players that were up there were still there. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying because they were they passed on some high quality players, very high quality players. Some that could potentially, you know, they have star power. Yeah. Or they can be effective immediately. I I agree, but clearly they saw enough in this kid that uh, they felt like this was going to be the right move for them. You know, they they fell in love with him. You know, from the start. 
It's it's just what it is. Andrew, I'm sending you a, a tweet to the Mile High Sports Twitter account. It's 40 seconds long. Let's go ahead and fire this up. It's a quick little audio bite from Bones last night uh, talking about how he's rapping. And just, just listen to the energy on this guy. Um, just if you're a Denver Nugget fan, you've got to be excited with the potential that this kid holds. Uh, we got it up. Let's go ahead and play this. This is Bones Highland last night after getting drafted by the Nuggets at 26. I read that you rapped for some of the teams in the interviews. Uh, a, did you do that with the Nuggets? And B, if not, or if so, how did the interview with the Nuggets go? <laughs> honestly, I, I would say Nuggets is probably my favorite one, though, honestly, because I, I, I actually rapped, you know, I rapped in there. And uh, I just felt a different type of vibe with them coaches and, and the staff that was in there. It's like they knew they were drafting me, honestly. When I went in there for an interview, it was just like, wow, like, I feel like I belong with them. I feel like I'm going to get along with them, you know. And every every, every interview – Every I, it was just the whole staff there. I just felt love for them. I'm like, wow, like you know, just feeling that love from the NBA team. It's like, wow, that's like a dream come true as well. Like, you know, love you. They ain't even pick you yet. So I'm like, yeah, that, I, I I see myself going there for sure. I mean, look, you you sometimes hear this stuff about players falling or teams falling in love with players, but it seems like based off how he was talking, Denver really fell in love with this kid. What a guy, dude! Hey, this high is energy. Good vibes. This guy, good, good vibes. vibes. Good vibes. Hang out with this guy, man. Bones high. We gotta see how his game is. It'll take some time, but he's got—he's lethal from beyond the arc. He's got the size. There's, there—it's like a, a mold of a ball of clay. What, how will Denver mold this kid? Because he's got all the potential in the world, and he's got the head, he's got the IQ, and he's got the drive and desire to want to be great. Summer, summer league is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. This is a great chance to watch a lot of these young players, especially him, since he won't, you know, right play. And maybe, maybe we got to take a little trip out to Vegas. Ooh, that's a, that's a good reason. All right, uh, any closing thoughts before we get out of here, my man, about anything that went on in the world of sports this week? It was a crazy week. Crazy week in baseball? The draft, the NBA draft is crazy? Football is almost here, man? It, it's a good time. Yes, it is. I'm looking forward to it. So It's almost football season. Yeah, I'm, I got one. Let's hear it. If you haven't put money on the Dodgers yet to win yeah. the 2021 World Series. I don't know, though, man. Do it now. What's Give me it the at? White Sox. What's it at? The White Sox. The White Sox. Is it 300 last night? Their bullpen Ooh. is ridiculous, the White Sox. With Kimbrell now? Screw the Dodgers, man. I'm telling you, they're going to... But that's an organization gonna, who doesn't know how to do it. But they got La Russa who knows how to do it. Who hasn't done it in 10 years. Here's the thing, though. I want the Dodgers to continue to suck on their little ring pop because they got this 60-game World Series ring that is FUBU, asterisk, the whole nine. The Dodgers cannot win another World Series. If the Dodgers win another World Series, they can actually sit back, relax, and put their hands up and say, hey, we did it with this group. If the one World Series the Dodgers have is that FUBU 60-game World Series, enjoy your ring pop, Dodgers fans. That thing is not legitimate. So, all right, let's go ahead and uh, put a bow on it. I said, my man, thank you very much for coming down last night and this afternoon. Andrew, thank you for your hard work all this week. And uh, that's it for us. Up next, we've got Afternoon Drive, Eric Goodman, Andrew Mason, your daily dose of Broncos, and some with the boys. We'll be back at again next week with more betting information, trends, and analysis on the Denver Sports Betting Show, presented by the Grand Z Casino. Talk to you guys next week. Happy betting. Enjoy the weekend.